Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 103, eight ways to receive community feedback. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And this episode is brought to you in part by GoToMeeting with HD Faces. More on that in just a little bit. Thank you so much for nominating the Audacity to Podcast, the Ramen Noodle, and Once Podcast in the Podcast Awards over at podcastawards.com. Please vote for your favorite podcasts every day over there at podcastawards.com. If you need help figuring out the voting process and seeing what it looks like, then go to the Audacity to podcast.com slash podcast awards where i have a little video walkthrough there that shows you exactly what to click on what to enter where but it's really simple and i know you can do it very easily without the video but the video is still cool and check it out because it's recorded with my new canon t4i video camera and sunlight plus an additional light and i i was very happy with how that video turned out and if you haven't noticed i'm starting to do more video stuff as well i mentioned that in episode 100 that I wanted to start doing this. And one of those was I did this recent video question, or I'm calling these quick podcasting answers. And I had a question that I answered for Wayne Henderson. And I included that here in the podcast feed. So if you saw that and downloaded it, I hope you enjoyed that. And if you have some kind of question like that, that I can answer, then emailing me through the normal feedback or calling in or whatever still works great. But I would now say that you can send me video questions for that. If you have that capability to do a nice video, then that would work fantastic to show in my video answer then. So you can email that to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to theaudacitypodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab and record a message right from your computer and send it to mine. Now, I just gave my feedback information. I gave you three different ways that you can contact me through the podcast site, through your phone, through email, ways that you can send me feedback as a listener to the podcast. There are actually many more ways than that that I can receive feedback and do receive feedback. And I've counted eight different ways that you could set up your site for your podcast or for your blog, really, because a lot of the stuff applies to blogging or podcasting, but eight different ways that you can receive feedback from your community, whether they are listeners or readers or participants in some kind of social network you're running, eight different ways that you can enable them to receive feedback. Some of these are more important than others. And some of them are the things that you'll want to continually repeat. Some you want prominent on your site. Some can be a little bit more hidden or in their appropriate places. But eight different ways that you can receive feedback from your community that you can incorporate in your podcast or just continue the conversation about your content that you're sharing. So I'll get to those in just a minute. But before I do, I want to talk to you about our sponsor for this episode, GoToMeeting by Citrix. Meetings are really important to working with other people because, well, unless you're uh, some little hermit, you probably don't 
separate yourself from people, but you meet people and meeting people face to face is great. And meetings are an essential part of work because it helps you collaborate on ideas, brainstorm on things, solve problems and all of this stuff. But today, teams are so spread out and there's not a problem with that. But the problem is trying to get people together from different locations for a meeting. And in many cases, it's downright impossible unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It's super simple and it allows you to collaborate online in real time with your clients, colleagues, and coworkers. GoToMeeting is so easy that and has so many different ways. Like in this podcast, I'm going to share with you ways that people can connect with you and send feedback. Well, GoToMeeting has more than just one way. People can join your meeting even through a telephone call. They don't have to install anything on their computer. They could just pick up the phone, dial a number, and be part of your meeting. But you get so much better of an experience if you take advantage of the high-definition faces that GoToMeeting now offers. And if you have an iPad, you can now host online meetings from your iPad. Brand new feature, really cool, and it uses the HD camera on the iPad, so it's really awesome. You've got to check it out. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST. GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. Thank you, Citrix, for your support. So now let's talk about eight ways that you can receive community feedback, whether you're a podcaster or a blogger or running some other kind of website. Eight different ways that you could receive them. And the first several are important. The last few, I'd say, are optional. So number one, written email. Your email address really needs to be on your site. Now, a lot of podcasters and bloggers are paranoid of putting their email address on their site because they're concerned about spam, and rightly so. I'd say, yeah, that, that's a good concern about spam. But there are so many ways to work around that. Like, have a good spam filter. Run your email through Gmail or something like that, which is what I do. Every feedback email address I give goes through Gmail, not through my, it's not its own email account through my web host or anything like that, but it's going straight into Gmail instead of its own account. And you can learn how you can set that up by going back to the com slash 91, where I talked about how to use Gmail the right way for your podcast feedback email address and such. But when you post your email address on your site, so you can have the spam protection, but another way to prevent spam is using the CryptX plugin, CryptX. Now that is C-R-Y-P-T-X. There's another one out there that is spelled E-X at the end. That's not the one I'm talking about. CryptX, C-R-Y-P-T-X is the plugin I recommend for WordPress that can encrypt your email address. And I really recommend that you do the special scrambling with JavaScript so that the email address is still human-readable, still clickable, still looks like an email address instead of those annoying brackets in the email addresses. And you know how much I hate seeing those things and how they're just unusable. Please don't do those. Use Cryptex and it can encrypt your email address and protect it, but it still looks great for the humans that visit your site. So having that email address there makes it really easy for someone to click or if they're using a mobile device, tap on that 
and it opens their email client and they can create a new email or they can copy that email address. That's why it's very important to have it not have the brackets and stuff. You can copy the email address and then paste it into your address book for contacting later. So written email is a great way to receive feedback because it gives people the opportunity to really think through, to hash out their idea, and to uh, send it to you then at their con- at their convenience at any time of the day or night, or it's something they could work on and then come back to, work on some more, and then eventually send. So number one way, email. Number two, phone voicemails. I really like having the ability for people to just pick up the phone, dial a number, and leave feedback. Many podcasters do this. You hear this a lot. They'll say, this is our voicemail feedback number. And that is great to be able to include that because then you as a podcaster can use someone else's voice inside of your podcast. So it's not just you speaking or just you reading a written message but it can be someone else's voice. The quality, yeah, isn't that great, but it's a phone call. That's okay. It's not you. As long as you don't sound like a phone call, that's okay. If your guests call in and sound like a phone call quality, that's perfectly all right. That's the way it works on radio and has worked for a long time. The actual radio hosts sound great. Their guests usually sound great, but people who call in are calling in with a phone and it doesn't always sound great. And we've just adapted to that. It would be great to have better uh, live call-in kind of things or better voicemail systems, but phone is super easy to use. The easiest and free way to do this right now is Google Voice. This is what I use for my phone number, my 903-231-2221. I set that up with Google Voice, and I don't have that number forward to anything or anyone. It just goes into voicemail, and then I receive an email when I receive a voicemail from that account. And that email contains an attachment that I can download and then play that. And I can sometimes read a transcript. And many times the transcript is quite off, but it's very funny to read. But there are other services too, like Call8, that's K-A-L-L-8, K7, and Broad Voice. And I'll have links to these in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 103. But I think the voicemail feedback method is fantastic, especially for people when they're listening to your podcast, wherever they might be, it's more likely that they can pick up a phone and call a number instead of picking up a a computer or a tablet or a, a notebook or something like that and writing an email. So it could even be while someone is driving, they can hopefully hands-free, <laughs> they can pick up their phone, call in a voicemail for your podcast as they're listening to the podcast. So it's very instant for them and it's great to be able to hear other people's voices. So number one, written email and number two, phone voicemails. Number three, website comments. When you have well-written show notes for your podcast, which I highly recommend that you do, uh, that your show notes contain every link, every picture, pretty much anything that you include in your podcast, which it should. And by the way, you can go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 49 to hear my episode about show notes and what your show notes should contain. 
But when you have great show notes, write them in a way that can also encourage conversation and encourage your community to go and comment on your show notes or on your blog posts. Great plugins that make this a lot easier for your community are Discuss and LiveFire. I'm currently using Discuss on my site. I used to be a big fan of Intense Debate, but Intense Debate just has not updated in a while, and I feel like it's now archaic. So I've switched over to Discuss. I know a lot of people also like LiveFire. I wish I could use LiveFire. I just can't get it to work on my complicated WordPress multi-site installation. But these things let people log into your comment site with Twitter or Facebook or if they have an account with that commenting system and it allows you to do certain things as well. But commenting on your show notes or on your blog posts are great ways to reply to the comment that you already shared. Like I often refer to this, I say, please comment on the show notes to talk about this information that I shared in this episode by going over to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 103. So I'm telling you, if you want to reply to what I shared here, then go to the website and comment there on the website, because then it's more of a reply. But if you call in a voicemail, or if you write in an email, and it's just a response to what I've already said, well, I can't use that as easily. So that's something you should also consider with your podcast is, are you giving feedback methods that you really can't use or you're giving them too late so that when someone could use it, then you're not going to be able to incorporate it into a podcast episode. Like in even in my Once Upon a Time podcast over at oncepodcast.com, we do two episodes, podcast episodes, about each TV show episode. We have an initial reactions recorded the night Once Upon a Time airs on ABC. And then a few days later, we do our full discussion When we finish the full discussion, I try to remember to say, we are finished talking about this now. If you'd like to discuss uh, this episode further, you can comment on the show notes or join our forums and comment over there. That way, it's still letting these people have their say and get their voice out there. And in fact, it can be a much more public method for them to have their say and create more community conversation. But then it gets seen by other people. We still receive it, and in it, it's, it is in its appropriate context of being on the website, on that post, where that content is. So website comments are a great way to receive community feedback, especially as replies to your specific content. So number one, written email. Number two, phone voicemails. Number three, website comments. And number four, a contact form or a feedback form. Sometimes podcasters, like I said, are too paranoid to put their email address on their website. But also realize when you have just an email address on a website, it could also be slightly inconvenient for the people who want to email you because they have to click that and it loads their email program. And many people who maybe use Gmail might not have their computer set up to open email links in Gmail. Instead, it starts launching their mail program and that annoys them or it takes a long time to load their email program or all of this stuff. So offering a feedback form on your website can be a great way to receive uh, comments and feedback from your listeners. And I think there's an interesting thing with the language that you use here. For a while on my website, 
I had a link that said contact. And I get an email here or there. I simply changed that link in my menu, in the top navigation menu, to say feedback. And I receive more emails now from that than I did before, just by changing the name from contact to feedback. I think it's a slight mental thing where people are thinking, no, I don't really want to contact him because I don't want him to contact me. I just want to send my feedback. Where do I send my feedback? Where do I share my ideas? And your your results may vary on this, but I did find that when I changed it to feedback, it fit a lot better. And also it made it uh, easier for me on that page to include my all the other feedback information. So people saw all of the ways that they could send us feedback. And it's great then that way uh, when I see someone on Twitter says something and I want that I want to receive that as feedback instead of telling them email this or call this or go here or go there. I just give them that one link and it has all my feedback information. If you want to make this contact form or feedback form, uh, a few plugins that I recommend for doing this. One is the Jetpack plugin that now comes with WordPress as of WordPress 3.3, I think it was. Jetpack started being included. Now, Jetpack is a mega plugin pack. It's got a lot of features to it, some things you can enable and disable. But one of the things it offers is easy contact form creation. So Jetpack is a great and free way to do that on a WordPress site using that plugin. The other plugin that's very popular for creating contact forms, and there are many plugins to this plugin, is Contact Form 7. It's free and for WordPress. And I've used that before, and it's great. If you want to set up a complicated form, then it's not so great, but it can work great for those simple contact forms, and you can customize how the email comes in to you. And then the third option, which is what I now use on all of my sites, is Gravity Forms. Gravity Forms is a premium plugin. It starts at $39 for one site, $99 for three sites, or you can get the developer license for $199, and that's unlimited sites. Because I'm a WordPress and website developer and designer, I went ahead and got the developer license so that then I can incorporate this into every single site I own and every site I manage because this is really easy for creating a form. Just drag and drop things around and customize my form and the text and all of this stuff and it handles this for me and it looks great. I love it. Gravity Forms is a great plugin for that and I have an affiliate link for that at theaudacitypodcast.com slash gravityforms. Or again, you can get the links to these contact and feedback form plugins in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 103. So having that contact or feedback form on your site works great for presenting that other option. This isn't something you have to tell your listeners. Hey, go to our website and click on the feedback form and then you can send your feedback. You don't have to tell them. You could just make it available there. I never tell anyone about the feedback form on the website, but I still receive lots of feedback from the feedback form, even though people have my email address and my email address is there. That's really cool to see then that they are using it. So number one, written email. Number two, phone voicemails. Number three, website comments. Number four, contact form or feedback form. And number five, audio messages. Now, there is going to be some crossover between these points. So audio messages could come in through email, and you could definitely encourage that to your listeners. You could say, like I say, 
that you can send in written or recorded feedback to feedback at the audacity to podcast.com. That works great. So you podcasters out there who already have the ability to record something audio can record a much higher quality audio message by using your recording equipment and send it to me, especially since this podcast is about podcasting. And sometimes people send in questions like, how do I get rid of this buzz that you hear right now? Recording it that way works great. And then they email it to me and that works. But for people who don't have the, the fancy recording equipment, there's a great service out there called SpeakPipe. It's free right now. I'm sure they're going to charge for it someday in the future. But if you go to the audacitytopodcast.com slash SpeakPipe, you can read my review on it. And it has just gotten better in the services and features that they offer. And I can see where a comment has come in or a voice message has come in from which website and which page it's come in. And it adds that nice little tab that you're now starting to see on a lot of podcast sites out there, a nice little tab on the right or left side, or it can just be a text link on the page where when someone clicks it, it allows them to record an audio message from their computer. Now, my one caution with this one, though, is expect some low quality feedback which is kind of ironic because SpeakPipe has the ability to give you much higher quality feedback because it uses a microphone attached to a computer instead of telephone quality. But what will happen is often people use their internal microphones and they don't know how to properly use their internal microphones. So they might be sitting at their normal posture and their microphone is two or three feet away from their face. So when they talk, the microphone is picking up a lot of computer noise or hard drive noises and all kinds of noises like that, and or their voice sounds really echoey. So you could, on your site, encourage people, please get closer to your microphone when you send in your audio message. But that's a great and simple way that people can do that. Now, I do, I do receive some crazy voicemails through that system. I don't know what some people who visit my site think my site is about, but people have sun songs on uh, the voicemail system. They have made weird noises. They have spoken in different languages on my system. I don't know. But the thing is, this makes it convenient for my users. And that's really important to me is that it's convenient and easy for them. And this is a way to do it. They click that button. They can start recording, enter their name and email address. Email address is optional, but I really like seeing the email address. And it allows them to record it, and then I can receive that on my end. So audio messages are another great way to receive them, either through email or through a system like SpeakPipe. Again, I'll have links in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 103. So number one, written email. Number two, voice uh, phone voicemails. Number three, website comments. Number four, contact form or feedback form. Number five, audio messages. And number six, social networks. This one is a bit harder to track. So you need to have some system in place where you can uh, record the feedback that you receive through these social networks. Maybe it's as simple as a Google Doc or Evernote or SpringPad or Workflowy, which by the way, I'm loving Workflowy. That's what I'm using now for managing my lists. I have a referral link, by the way, that's the audacity to podcast.com slash workflow and the letter Y, workflow E. 
but something then to track this feedback because it's not as easy as an email inbox. So you need some way to log this stuff, mark it, tag it, organize it, all of that. But if you are on Facebook, which probably everybody's on Facebook, it seems, maybe you have a Facebook page, a group, or you just receive messages through Facebook, or people reply to your status updates on Facebook with relevant content for your podcast. That's something to consider. Or on Twitter, or Google+, or YouTube. Like on YouTube, you have YouTube comments, reply videos. Sometimes people send you messages through YouTube. All of these are great ways to also receive feedback from your listeners because it's convenient for them. And quite often, this kind of feedback is very focused on the content that you gave. So when you share content on these social networks, little tip here, make sure that you share the content in a way that can spark some feedback, if that's what you're wanting, if you want feedback. So write compelling messages or ask compelling questions that people will be interested in answering and replying to you, or just something that the topic is enough that they're most interested in sending you some feedback for that. So posting messages on social networks and getting feedback that way is fantastic. It's convenient for people. I love what Pat Flynn over at Smart Passive Income says. He says, be everywhere. But I'd also add to that, and several people have, wherever you are, be there well. So don't try to be everywhere if you're going to have ghost towns everywhere you try to be, but be places that you can manage and manage well and respond to people and receive that feedback. If Twitter is the most that you can have, then focus on that. If Facebook is great for you, then focus on that. It's where your audience is and where you can manage it. And then I do definitely recommend expand your reach. Try to get into these other networks. Like I'm now trying to expand more into YouTube by posting this video content of quick podcasting answers and some other stuff on YouTube and some video tutorials coming up. So be on these social networks and look for and ask for feedback on those social networks because especially in social networks, well, what's that first word? Social People love to talk on social networks, and they love to give their opinions. So ask them for their opinions, and you will usually receive their opinions. And uh, many times their opinions are very long and very opinionated, but you can deal with that as the podcaster or blogger. So social networks are a great way to receive feedback. Number seven, forum posts. Now this one, this is getting into the depending on your audience and your time and your all of uh, a lot of things really hosting a forum for your podcast can be a great way to receive feedback if your audience is big enough now i will have an episode in the future and this has been on my list ever since i started the audacity to podcast but i will have an episode talking about when is the right time to have a forum for your podcast and how's how is the best way to manage this what should you do not do what software there is but i'll give you a couple quick tips on this basically uh, it's the right time to have a forum when you receive so many comments on your site that it's getting hard to manage or you receive so much feedback that you can't get to or address or reply to and it's getting hard to manage a forum can be a great place for this 
I launched a form for our Once Upon a Time podcast because many people had requested it and we were receiving so many comments and emails and stuff. That was getting hard to manage and I really wanted our podcast community to connect with each other. Now, our Once Upon a Time podcast form, and you can check it out over at oncepodcast.com, is the number one Once Upon a Time forum on the internet. We've got over, I think now over 25,000 posts, nearly 1,000 members over there talking about this TV show, Once Upon a Time. Sometimes they respond to what we say in the podcast. Sometimes, or most of the time, they're sharing their own theories. Other people are replying to them and saying, yeah, great theory, or hey, did you also notice this? Or here's something else to consider, or I disagree with that because of this. And it's a great place, especially with rules to keep it civil, It's a great place for the fans to connect with each other. And then what I try and do when we prepare for our Once Upon a Time podcast is I look through the forums because we have it sectioned off pretty well and organized. I look through the forums for relevant stuff to bring up in the podcast so I can say, so-and-so posted this in our forums and pointed out such-and-such in the screenshot or they did this research and shared it in our forums. And then that also encourages people to also jump in the forums and add their own opinions or see that stuff for themselves. So it's it's very uh, exponential in its growth and community that the more I promote the community, the more the community gets in or the 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 gets involved in the conversation. That is some great forum software you can use for setting up your forum are. Uh, some standalone services like PHP BB or Simple Machines forums. Both of those are free and they're standalone services, but they can run on your site. And if you go to oncepodcast.com slash forums, you'll see that it looks just like the WordPress site. That's because I did a lot of work and PHP BB is very difficult to theme. I do not like it very much. I like SMF better, Simple Machine forums, but it has its shortcomings too. You could also look at something much simpler for you to manage, and that is BBPress. It's a free WordPress plugin that adds forums to your WordPress website. I really like how simple it is, but there are some things I just couldn't make it work for my use, but I still still want to try it and make it work because of its simplicity and that it's already built into WordPress, so I don't have to worry about theme uh, things and trying to update stuff. It's just much easier. But if you really want a really robust, solid form, standalone form software, I recommend vBulletin. It's $249, though. That's a lot. But if you have a really active community and it's really worth it to you, then you could consider this. And I do have an affiliate link for that. That's the com slash vBulletin. That's the letter V bulletin. And in our chat room just now, um, Mark Weber asked, I've heard that forums are out and Facebook slash Twitter is in. Is this true? I would say that depends. Because forums are a great place for people to talk with each other. Facebook and Twitter are great places somewhat. I wouldn't say Twitter so much, but Facebook is quite hard to manage and you're running it on someone else's site. It's good to be there and have conversations, but hosting your own forum can sometimes be a great place too. I often consider starting a forum for the Audacity to Podcast where people can talk about podcasting and help each other 
much more easily because a forum allows other members to be notified when there's more information. But it can be difficult to manage this stuff, but it's still a great way to receive feedback from your listeners. So, number one, written email. Number two, phone voicemails. Number three, website comments. Number four, contact form or feedback form. Number five, audio messages. Number six, social networks. Number seven, forum posts. And number eight, website chat. This is something many people don't think of, and I'm not talking about an actual chat room, although that could certainly be an option, because like right now, I read the message from Mark Weber on our website at noodle.mx slash live, because I host the Audacity Podcast live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's now GMT minus five, because of stupid daylight saving time being gone, finally, for (laughs) until spring. Anyway. You can go over there and and we've got several people in the chat room hanging out and chatting as I'm talking and I'm receiving live feedback on my podcast while I'm doing this. That's one way you can have a chat on your website. But if you're not on your website at that time, then it might be a little bit harder for you to see that chat. Like frequently, I'll come to the website. I might load the chat room just to check on something or to test something or try and improve something. And I see that someone posted a message in there that said, Hi, is anyone on? Cricket, cricket, Gemini cricket, nothing. And they might have posted their message two days ago or two hours ago or maybe two minutes ago. And then I might catch them actually. So that can be a tough way. But another way to do this is having a chat bar on your site where when people click on it, they start chatting directly with you. This is something that my friend Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting is doing, and he said he loves it. He is using the Zopim plugin, that's Z-O-P-I-M. I'll have a link in the show notes for that. He's using that on his website over at schoolofpodcasting.com, and he loves it because he said that he'll leave a certain window on his computer or a program open so that if someone is on his site, they can click on the thing to chat live with him and he starts to get real-time feedback from his audience while they're on his website so it could be something simple like do you still have a question about podcasting click here and chat with me live anything like that and you can have a quick chat get to know your listeners and have that live feedback right there whoopra surprisingly even though whoopra is a stats system on your website and they have some awesome real-time stats. Woopra also has this chat thing built in where you can enable live chats on your website from web a particular website visitor to you. This isn't between website visitors, so it's not community member to community member. It's website visitor to you and you to that website visitor. But hosting a chat on your website can be a great way to also receive that feedback. And it's real-time feedback. Just like an instant message, well, it is an instant message conversation that you can, they can ask a question, you can answer, they can comment, you can answer, they can comment, you can answer, all of that. And you could even turn that into a blog post and decide, hey, this transcript would be cool to share. So you could take that or repurpose it, or it gives you an idea of what are people looking for right then So you can write up a blog post and then say, okay, I just published this, refresh the page, and you'll see this new post. Anything like that can be great for receiving 
feedback from your listeners. So again, these eight ways to receive community feedback for your blog or podcast are number one, written email, number two, phone voicemails, number three, website content, comments, website comments, number four, contact or feedback form, number five, audio messages, number six, social networks, number seven, forum posts, and number eight, website chat. So check out all of these links and these items that I mentioned in the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 103. And you can reply to this information that I've shared over there on the show notes. You see why I did? I just asked you to reply to this content over at that specific location. Hint, that's the way you could do it too. And you can also go to that same address, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 103 to vote in the podcasting poll for this week. And that is... Of these eight different methods, which is your most popular way to receive feedback? If you use these methods or whichever ones you use, I want to know where do you receive the most feedback? Is it through your email? Is it through your website comments or what? Not which one do you prefer. That would almost be a separate poll, but I think more people would be interested in seeing what, uh, where are people sending their feedback? the most. For some of you, maybe it's going to be the telephone call uh, for telephone voicemails. For some of you, maybe it's comments or a forum post or anything like that. So please let me know. I might make it that you can vote on two items there in case you've got a lot from a couple different places. Like I know for once podcast, our biggest source of feedback is in the forums, but we also receive a ton of email. So I would say those are my top two methods. So that's that's how this is going to change. What are your top two most popular ways to receive feedback from your audience? So check that out and vote on that poll over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 103. And I want to share a podcasting tip with you. This is a result of that awesome episode, episode 100 over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 100. I want to start using these tips or reusing these tips as I go on and share them with you. And this tip comes from Eric J. Fisher from beyondthetodolist.com. That, that is a Noodle Mix Network member. He's got an awesome podcast over there. I really love it. And he just interviewed Chris Brogan about how Chris Brogan gets things done and is productive and his perspective on productivity tools and such. So you've got to check that out. Awesome podcast, awesome content over there at beyondthetodolist.com. Eric's tip is, your voice is as valid as everyone else's. Don't let inner negative voices keep you from starting. I really like this tip because I, a while back I did an episode about the top fears of podcasting. And one of those is, or many of those fears are this inner voice about you. Those inner negative voices could be, no one wants to listen to me or there are so many other podcasts already covering this topic, or I'm not very good at this, or my voice sounds terrible, or I don't have much money to spend, or blah, blah, blah. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to make you feel insignificant by blah, blah, blah. But these inner negative voices do come. And yes, you can pay attention to them a little bit and find ways that you can work on things. But don't, just like Eric said, don't let those inner negative voices keep you from starting. Your voice is as valid as 
everyone else's. So go podcast, start podcasting. A great example of this is my uh, friend Nick Suberling from spnt.tv started a new podcast that's my competition. No, it well, in some ways, but it's startpodcastingnow.com. And Nick know Nick is a listener to this podcast. He's in the chat room right now. He knows there are other podcasts about podcasting. He knows there are plenty of other blogs about podcasting and forums and resources on all of this. He knows that. But his voice is as valid as everyone else's. And so Nick did not let his inner negative voice keep him from starting a podcast. That is, I I like his title. It's Start, which is Start Talking and Recording Today. Startpodcastingnow.com is his site for that. And I want to give him a shout out there. And I referred to him as competition. And, and that's in the technical sense of we're talking about the same thing from different perspectives. But I'm going to have an episode soon, and I'd love your feedback on this, of what do you think about podcast competition, people in your same field? Do you see them as rivals? Do you see them as partners? What should you do? How do you react? What kind of behavior should you have about these other podcasts, cross-promotion, anything like that? But as you can tell, I, well, separate subject, but I try to not view them as rivals, but view them as partners in painting a three-dimensional picture of what podcasting is or what Once Upon a Time is or different perspectives on these different things that we podcast about. So check out these two podcasts, fantastic podcasts, beyondthetodolist.com and Nick's new podcast, startpodcastingnow.com. Check them out, subscribe to them. I don't think you'll regret it. You'll get some awesome content from there. And remember, again, Eric Fisher's tip, your voice is as valid as everyone else's. Do not let inner negative voices keep you from starting. You need to podcast. So start. Don't listen to the inner negative voices. Start. And I think you'll find out that you are much better than you think, and your audience won't have the same opinion as your little inner negative voices. So thank you very much, Eric Fisher, for that tip. Check out his site over at beyondthetodolist.com and subscribe, and you will love it. So one last time, check out the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 103 to get this list and the links that I mentioned of services and plugins and things for these eight ways to receive community feedback from your listeners for your blog, for your podcast, for whatever you're doing. And in the future, I'll talk about ways that you can encourage listeners to send you their feedback. I've got a topic coming up that I'd like to hear from you. What are you thankful for in podcasting? Again, I'm going to do a special Thanksgiving episode and share what you are thankful for in podcasting. Something you've learned, people you've met, things that podcasting has helped you accomplish. What are you thankful for in podcasting? Maybe it's some software, an equipment, a WordPress plugin, a person you've met, anything like that. Feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or you can jump over to theaudacitypodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab. And one last reminder, please vote for my podcast, The Audacity Podcast, Once Podcast, and The Ramen Noodle 
over at podcastawards.com. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And thank you so much for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcast to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like we've got Once Upon a Time podcast, a clean comedy podcast, a personal productive productivity podcast over there, Christian Worldview podcast, movie reviews podcast, and more to come over at noodle.mx. Also, the Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Tech Podcast Network. There are so many podcasts on so many different aspects of technology. It is amazing. If it's tech, it's here at techpodcast.com and watch for our upcoming CES 2013 coverage. I will be in Las Vegas at CES over there and would love for you to watch our coverage of CES the Consumer Electronics Show. So find that and more at techpodcasts.com.